Hello and welcome to Defining Culture. I'm Hunter Smith and this is a show where I chat to the funniest and most interesting people I know about the one piece of pop culture they found most formative. It could be a movie, an album or even an extended piece of interpretive dance, but hopefully it's not. Thanks so much for the lovely feedback on the podcast so far. I would be enormously grateful if you could give us a great review or maybe send it on to someone that you know who you think might enjoy it. Or even 20 people, really there's no limit. You're in for a treat this week as I am joined by the delightful Thomas Jaspers. Thomas is a comedian and a master of character comedy. He's mostly seen travelling around the country dressed as an 80-year-old grandmother as one-third of the Granny Bingo team. If you've never seen the grannies in action, I beg you to get out and see them. I reckon they're the funniest people in the country, so look them up online. Hey, I had a lovely time chatting with Thomas about a topic close to my comedic heart, and I hope you enjoy it too. Thomas Jaspers, thanks for being here. Thank you so much for having me. This is our second attempt mm-hmm. at recording this podcast. Okay, Would yes, you like to tell is. everyone what happened the first time? I uh, was celebrating my birthday. The was it a big before. one? It was 37. Oh, and special occasion. Yeah. And I thought that it was just going to be a few quiet drinks with a few drag queens on a Sunday afternoon. And it went for 22 hours. <laughs> And so I had to message you from Kikons to say I'm so sorry, but I'm still out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I <laughs> I'm think not we going to make it today. And then, yeah, because yeah. it was like a Monday. Yeah, we it were going to do Monday. it in the morning on a Monday. And I must admit, I woke up very early and looked saw on my Instagram Insta and I saw you. <laughs> <laughs> I said to Reed, mm. I said, I don't reckon this is going to happen with Jasper's no, today. No, <laughs> I was sitting on the couch. Wedges, I need wedges. <laughs> Perfect. Mm. All right, well, that's a beautiful segue. What have you brought for us today? <laughs> I've brought my defining uh, queer culture, which is Kath and Kim. There's always a joker in the pack. There's always a lonely clown. Kath and Kim, two names, a lifetime of humour. Is it a statue of little baby cheeses? Little baby Jesus? Oh, little baby Jesus, Kim Jesus. Created by Jane Turner and Gina Riley and based on the lives of a family in the Melbourne Burbs, Kevin Kim is potentially Australia's most successful comedy, spawning endless catchphrases. Kimmy, Kimmy, look at me, please. Look at me. Look at me. Now, Sharon, look at me, please. Look at me. Now, both look at me, please. And have a little boy and calm down. It also starred Glenn Robbins, Peter Rosethorn, and the one and only Magda Zabanski as the sports mad, unlucky in love, Sharon Streslecki. That looks nice. What's that? Billabong. Yummy. Oh, maybe I'll drown with sorrows in a billabong. None left. <laughs> Nothing goes right. <laughs> It's been 20 years since it debuted, and since then it's racked up four series, a couple of TV movies, a US version, and even a full-blown feature film. This would be my choice as well. Yeah, you you are. I'm quite excited to talk to you about it because you're a little TikToks. um, I'm a little Kath and Kim nerd. You're a little Kath and Kim uh, online uh, supporter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I half bullied you into doing this topic, I think, and I was it was a self interested half. I'm I'm thrilled to be doing it. Yeah. How long has it been Kath and Kim for you? I remember when Kath and Kim came out. Because what year was it? 2000 and no. Yeah, 2000 and... I actually don't know that. One or two is my guess. Yeah. So, I was like, I think still just towards the end of high school and like six people called me on the landline, (laughs) as you did in 2002, (laughs) uh, to say, you need to watch this show. All my mum's friends, actually. Oh, great. Um, I love how your brand was that And we'll get into... Yeah, and we'll get into... 
I think the key audience of Kath and Kim. Um, but yeah, all these people are like you, you will love this show. You need to watch it. And uh, so I watched on the ABC on the free to air as mm-hmm. it was at the time. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, fell instantly in love with it. And that became was my quite next It was quite instant for it you. It was instant. Yeah, yeah, absolutely instant. Were you already across the women? Jane, Gina. Um, I was probably too young because Fast Forward and for uh, uh, Big Girls Blouse and all that sort of stuff came out sort of uh, mid to late 90s and I was probably a bit too young for it at mm-hmm. the time. And then they sort of had a little bit of a gap between that and uh, Kath and Kim mm-hmm. coming out. And I think I sort of came of... Uh, old enough, became old enough to to get that and yeah. to get how amazing it was. So I was, I, I sort of went into Kath and Kim and then went back and watched all of the um, uh, Full Frontal and um, uh, Big Girls Blouse and the all the stories. stories, the origin stories. Yeah. And do you remember watching it for the first time? The show, mm. yeah, absolutely, yeah. It was. I mean, I mean, I look, I grew up in the southeastern suburbs mm. of Melbourne. The um, Tina's Hair Steadfords filmed at the end of my street at the um, old. um, I can't remember what the name of the hall is, but it's next to Aspendale Primary. Um, You know, Aspendale Gardens is just down the road. Like, it's literally all the places. I worked at the Wacky Shack where um, uh, Sharon went to get. It was like my high school job where Sharon went to get the sex toys for um, the for the wedding and that sort of stuff. Oh, for the, yeah, like the um, Granny hens. May store. Yeah, the Granny May store with the vibrating penises and that sort of stuff. So it was it it they they did such a good. I mean, everyone that watches goes, "Oh, that is so Australian." I know people like that, but. People from that area, I think, know that it's a very even more specific than just general Australian. It's mm. a very specific group of suburbs mm. um, that they're parroting, and they do it so well. So, what do you think about? Because I'm from the southeast suburbs too, mm. at Fountain Gate, mm. and I you're from that area, from that suburb. Yeah, I'm from Berwick, really? but I used to work at yeah, I was yeah. work work at Fountain Gate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ten years down at Colorado, yeah. remember them? Over yes, I flannel. do remember. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So, I really felt like the same. I felt like Hollywood had come yeah. to town. But um, my mum got on board. My yeah. mum eventually got on board. But at first, she thought that they were mocking. And she was that's like, interesting. she didn't know how to feel about it. Yeah, that's really interesting because that's the first time I've heard someone who is from the demographic that they're, that they're parroting and has felt that way, which is what I've always admired about it because I know so many women. Um, so, when it was coming out, it was obviously my mother's generation um, were that age at the time. And it, it, they felt that whilst it was parroting, it was very much that Australian sort of laughing in ourselves kind of a way. And it was done in a way that wasn't so much punching down. Like, character comedy can so often be really... Um, Punching down, it can, yeah. it can, it can, it can, you know, the, the Chris Lilly characters and some of the little, the, a lot of the little Britain characters and that sort of stuff that was happening at the time was very much not laughing with; it was laughing at. Mm. Um, but and so yeah, it's interesting to hear that your mum at the start felt like that because I feel like so many other people are like feeling represented by it almost and going, yes. yeah, we do do that, and it is kind of. I do cringe when mum says to me, "Can you get you know?" Um, so yeah, yeah, she, yeah. yeah I, I don't think that she would. Say that she was offended by it, mm. but maybe because it was so close to home, yeah. she was like, "Is this is, is this is, fun for is us? Is this too? okay to do?" Yeah, yeah. and it I mean, actually just reminded me that back in the day, my mum had a friend. My mum had a friend who looks exactly like Kim, right? right? Yep. And when Kath and Kim was taking off, and yeah. everybody saw, you've got to watch this show. You've got to say, she came around to her house and she was like. I tried that, Kath and Kim. I, I don't, don't get like it. it. Yeah. <laughs> it's not funny. 
<laughs> it's probably just too realistic. And and take me back to your job at the Wacky Shack. What what did that specifically entail? Uh, we sold lava lamps. Uh, this was at Southland because, of course, they couldn't film at Fountain Gate mm. for the first three seasons. Mm. So they filmed at Southland Shopping Centre. Right, that was a stand-in. Yes, exactly. Yeah, uh, which so we were very proud of that because that's also our yes, yes. a shopping centre. Uh, so we sold the Wacky Shack sold um, lava lamps and like UFO lamps. I reckon a bit of Betty Boop gear. Yeah, Betty Boop, Betty bit of Betty Boop, a bit of Betty Boop, bit of Betty Boop, and uh, a lot of sex novelty. Novelty like inflatable sheep yeah, and stuff. Yeah, yeah, booby aprons. You know, you th- yeah, booby aprons, penis yeah. drawers, that sort yeah, of shit. Edible G strings. Yeah, edible yeah. G strings. Yeah, not quite. These sex are really just coming to me too. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Um, which you know, I was in it for the. I was in it for the discount on those. I, my room was full of like neon lights and disco <laughs> balls and lava lamps, and I was uh, yeah. Pretty, and what were you pretty like cool. in this era that we're talking? Let's say two thousand two, two thousand three. Mm. What was uh, what were you like? What was Thomas like? I was a bit of a loser. I I was not a very popular kid at school. I was very gay. It was an all-boys Catholic sports-obsessed oh, school. Really? Yeah, yeah. I went to St. Bede's, so it was very um, sports-focused, mm-hmm. and I was sort of this, like, theatery kid that, um, you know, uh, was loving, you know, Priscilla, and I was reading Holding the Man and all this sort of right, stuff right. that was really not fitting in. Um, I had a few, very small group of close friends, most of whom were librarians or drama teachers. <laughs> and uh, But then sort of, I guess around the time, like that last couple of years, it's because I was also like, I didn't give a shit about the teachers because I had no respect for So, I was like smoking and drinking and yeah, having a yeah. good time, okay, you know. Okay, that's an so, interesting mix. Yeah, so drama I nerd, was, uh, yeah, I was... Um, Sort of on the outs, but sort of like like that. You know the kid, like Heath Ledger in. Uh, oh, <laughs> I'm complimenting myself. <laughs> no, you know, like the kid on the outside in the American films. Uh, what's that? Ten oh, things yeah, I had. Yeah, you ten, know, yeah, just sort yeah, of just yeah. doing whatever I liked because no one seemed to care. Um, yeah, so then all of a sudden, like the end of year eleven, year twelve, I was like, cool. Because, mm. you know, I could get booze and six. Yeah. Um, one step ahead of I everyone. Was, I was very cool. Plus, so, you could get a discount down at the Wacky And track, I could get everyone a really good lava lamp, <laughs> uh, which was cool. I wanted to dig in a bit on if if Kath and Kim is uh, queer. Yes, it's a really good question. Mm. It's a, So, my other obsession is Muriel's wedding. Mm-hmm. And I think I think about this a lot. Like, it is queer, but why is it queer? There's nothing queer yes. specifically about Muriel's wedding. Kath and Kim is the same, except for that one, the one gay episode, um, which uh, about Sharon? Well, when um, Kath thinks that Sharon and, and Kim are yeah. having uh, a relationship, uh, which you is weren't being gay hilarious. last night. What were you doing? <laughs> <laughs> Where, <laughs> oh, can you do that strap up for me? Oh, that feels good. Oh, that's really nice. Um, do you think that they allude to um, Sharon being gay in other episodes? There is allusions to it, and I think it was about as Magda Zavansky has said. She was she was never so she came out after Kath and Kim. Mm-hmm publicly but she says she was never in the closet it's just that no one was really interested in in her words uh you know a fat woman's sexuality so mm. no one really ever questioned yeah, it no one asked. so she never was really keeping it a secret but it was it was no one was interested at the time in in what someone like her sex life might be like um so i also think it was very much gina and jane and and magda putting that in because the industry knew like i remember yes, being 18 right. and seeing magda at the market Oh, really? Yeah. At the yeah, market? Yeah. If you guys don't know the market, describe it. It was like a real club club, it like was a, a real dance club. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was sort of like, I, it was like if you combined the peel and poof doof, but 
uh, and get rid of all the lyrics. Yeah, you yeah, get exactly. A lyric to yeah, save yeah. Yourself. yeah, and it. Yeah, it was a le- definitely a relic from the nineties yeah. um, as well. Um, so you know, she, people knew. Just the, the the general public weren't that interested, so I think it was sort of them going like putting it out there as yeah. well. Yeah, because it's interesting because Sharon is uh, I would say lesbian coded for sure, yes, but she's also man obsessed. She is, it. yeah, so yeah. So maybe Sharon much. doesn't know. Yeah, like maybe true. Sharon's not yeah. aware that. That's how she feels. Yeah, to be honest, I, I could imagine Sharon's never really asked herself. Yeah, she's too true. Busy. Yeah. She's too busy. Because no one's ever really asked her, Absolutely. right? Yeah. No one's interested. How do you think... So, what we're about to, well, we just had the 20th anniversary, right? Yeah. How do you think on the whole it stacks up? I mean, uh, holds up, I should holds say. Holds up. I think fantastically. Yeah. And as I said earlier, like co- character comedy... At the, I think... So, to get really meaty here, Australia has a really great history of character comedy... But there's also some really bad bits as well. Mm-hmm. But it, but it's a very strong history. So, if you look right back to, like, the Auntie Jack show and that sort of stuff. And I think that's because Australian comedy, I think, I'm no expert, but I'm on this podcast. So, I'll yeah, pretend yeah. like I am. You're one. the expert here. Um, Australian comedy, I think, is rooted very much in British comedy and American comedy. Because that's where we were... We were um, uh, we importing watching. when we when television was taking off, and then so British comedy I think comes from um, Panto and American very much from like radio plays with that snapping back and forth and that sort of stuff. So the the British Panto is very much about um, you know those episodes of Are You Being Served where you know that Mrs Slocum's pussy is going to get referenced mm-hmm. or um, <laughs> keeping up appearances where um, Hyacinth is going to correct someone saying bouquet not mm-hmm. bucket that sort of stuff. So you get that sort of. Um, uh, uh, look at me, uh, those yes, sorts of things are coming, coming from that. Yeah. But then you've all got, also got this American radio play influence, which is very much snappy back and back and forth banter and that sort of thing mm. I- involved in there as well. So I think Australian character comedy is v- influenced very much by those two things. But Kath and Kim, I think, is the pinnacle of that that's done it really, really well. Um, and it's one of the few, like I said earlier, that that isn't punching down as well. Mm-hmm. So, I think, you know, you, you can watch it. It's apparently still one of the most watched things on Netflix Australia oh, really? now. Yeah. So, you know, Netflix bought it all or yeah, we, yeah, got yeah. the rights to the whole, all the ABC seasons and the Channel 7 seasons and the mm-hmm. specials and the film. It's one of the most watched things in Australia mm-hmm. still and it's been up there f- since the start of lockdown. So, what's that? Three, mm-hmm. four years yeah, or something? Okay. I yeah. agree with you. I think uh, all things considered, it holds up remarkably well because- yeah. There's countless shows from the same era that were weren't even trying to be that outrageous, like mm. Friends. Mm. There's in the, the show Friends, and that has not held up as well. No, you know what I mean, God, like they've no, got yeah. so many problematic storylines, mm. and then you look and as you point out with character comedy, I mean it ages immediately, doesn't mm. it? Mm. So yeah, I think they've held up really well. Mm. There's only like that every now and then when I watch it, I think oh I don't think they'd write that today, but not many. Which one? I'm so keen to hear which one. Um. I think they use a bit of comedy from like foreign names, stuff like that, sure. rhyming names, sure. rhyming foreign names, stuff like that, that I don't think they do. <laughs> I don't know that they would do the Roots episode necessarily. I mean, I think people would be too scared to do it, but yeah. if they did do it, I'd hope that they do it as well as they did. Sure. The, um, I guess, fat shaming and that sort of stuff, like where there's comedy in the in Sharon's size or in Kim's size and that sort of stuff. But even then, when it's done, it's done to make Kath look like that mother that- should back yeah, off a yeah, bit, yeah, which is something that, that we all, yeah. we no, not necessarily our own mothers, but we've all seen people in mother-daughter or mother-child relationships that, that have that relationship. And it's- Absolutely. Yeah. I think that's where the comedy is coming from, which is why perhaps we aren't sort of rolling our eyes and going, oh, this is a bit 
Tucky. Who are your favourite side characters? Uh, favourite side characters. I really adore Marion. Marion's obviously fantastic. The celebrant. Um, and the relationship I can't, Have you been watching the newsreader? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's so played, hard to watch Mark Downey. The played by Mark Downey. Yeah, yeah, Mark Downey, who is absolutely an amazing uh, actress uh, on stage and, and screen and, and, and a serious actress as well as a great comedy actress. But... Um, it's so hard watching the newsreader uh, because some of their outfits and that sort of stuff yes, are very similar yes, to Marion's. Yeah, it's not a dissimilar hairstyle. Yeah, <laughs> and she's so brilliant in the newsreader. Um, but I just keep wanting to say, anyone for a what, anyone, what, anyone for a mug of Jarrah? <laughs> anyone for Jarrah? Yeah. Um, uh, about 12 months ago, I was stuck in traffic around the corner oh, yeah. and Mark Danny walked in front of my car <gasps> and oh. I rode in the window and I said, anyone for Jarrah? Oh, my God. <laughs> the poor thing. And she looked at me. With not a skerrick of recognition of yeah. what I said. She just thought I was screaming a slur at her, I think. Yeah, I just think she's probably watched it walking. since it came out. <laughs> no, that's right. That's a great example of... Um, I was have, I was uh, interviewing Gretel Colleen one day and I had oh, a yeah. million questions about Big Brother. Gretel said to me, you need to remember that show was a lot more important to you than it was to me. <laughs> Good on her. <laughs> Good on her. I, d- I got to do... Sorry, we'll keep talking about your topic in a second, oh, but sorry. now I want a name drop. Yeah. Um, we... Um, I got to do a show with uh, Jane Magda and um, Mark Downey. Oh, fantastic. So, horrible circumstances, but um, oh. Joel Creasy did a big fundraiser after the um, uh, the shooting in um, at the nightclub. Oh yes, in, in Orlando. In Orlando, thank you. And so we were on this lineup, and Joel, like bless him, made sure our dressing rooms were next to the girls because they were doing. They did the. Um, do you remember the devil, the demon? Sketch from um, uh, No, I don't think I, I do. think it was Big Girls Blouse. Yeah, it was. So it's these like middle-aged housewives just sitting around. It looks like like a knitting club or something yeah. like that. But it turns out they're all um, Satan worshippers, and so they start like praying to Satan and screaming. Oh, you've got to watch it! Oh, it's so I will, funny. Absolutely. So they, they did they that. They recreated that sketch live uh, for the Orlando fundraiser, and uh, yeah, we got to meet them, and they were so lovely. It was really nice. Oh, thank God they were nice. That you. was so good. So I yes, also I love Kylie and Danny Bolton. Kylie and Danny Bolton are brilliant. I love Kate Atkinson has two roles. Mm. Uh, br- again, a brilliant. Brilliant stage and screen actor that um, uh, has just like these side character roles. But she's at, um, oh, where did they film it? Dotty, uh, when uh, Kim's trying on all the outfits. <laughs> oh, yeah, and yeah. She's the, like the, the sales assistant. Yep. And she doesn't even say anything, I don't think, but she's just sort of standing there rolling her <laughs> eyes and sort of stuff. That's the, the Homer Simpson. I look like Jessica Simpson. Oh, oh, yeah. Homer Simpson, more like it. <laughs> um, but then she's also the mum at the Bub's Idol. Uh, oh, yes. Yeah, yeah. And she's like, yeah, they're really going to blow them away with that stunned mullet routine. She's fantastic. Okay, so that could be the same person. That could well, be the could, same well she looks very different. But oh, yeah, yeah, right, yeah, right. yeah, it could be the same character. She's on maternity leave from Dottie. Yeah. Down at Bub's Idol. Yeah. Now, I'm going to start a fact about Kylie and Danny Bolton. I'm not going to be able to finish it, and I'm hoping you can. Okay. Kylie and or Danny Bolton is played by... Uh, Australian comedic actress who I think was in those sketches and now is a Hollywood director. Really? I want to say, oh, I think her name is I feel bad Dana not- Reed. I feel really bad for not knowing that. And I'll I have had to no fact idea. check another episode. I'm pretty sure that she directs The Handmaid's Tale. Oh, wow. Yeah. So there's shit. Go. Not bad for a Bolton. Oh, she could get some of that cast back into the <laughs> yeah. another season of The Handmaid's yeah, Tale. Yeah, absolutely. I, they're, they're brilliant. I also like all the characters that the cast play. And I kind of like that, I guess, goes back to that British panto thing, having 
the cast play different characters, um, like Brett's mum. Uh, oh yes, Magda's fantastic uh, in yeah, that role. So She's good. Great at that. Um, and pe- you know, no offense, but people are stupid. You know, uh, people on Facebook like it's been twenty five years. Like, oh, I just worked out that uh, the jockeys played by Kath. Yeah, that drives me nuts. But also, how amazing that people are watching it for the first time. Like, there are. 16-year-olds in these Kath and Kim groups Mm. on Facebook. We're so sad that we're part of it. (laughs) (laughs) I'm 37 years old. I need to get a life. But I do spend a lot of time in- I know. (laughs) Facebook is such a wasteland now that when I open it up, it gives me maybe someone's posted in the Kath and Kim group. (sighs) And then then it's showing me like- just me posting pictures of my dog. Industrial accidents from the third world. Like I get the weirdest (laughs) shit on there. Yeah. Uh, Well, yeah, there is there is a whole there is generations of people finding it for the first time, mm. which is really cool. Mm. Yeah, well, that's a much more positive spin on it than mine, which was aren't people stupid? <laughs> yes, yeah. I mean they are, and I think often Open they're posting that shit just to piss you off. But yeah, yeah, absolutely. Hey, I wanted to talk about the theme song. Gina singing the Joker is me, and. I've always thought it's such an amazing choice, but it's really weird choice when I thought about it. It is a weird choice. Gina used to do uh, Shirley Bassey very often on uh, Full Frontal. Mm-hmm. and uh, Shirley Bassey had sung that song too. Shirley right? Bassey famously did a cover of that song. So, I don't know if it came from there. That's just my guess. Yeah. I'm also wondering if it's what the rights the ABC could afford because that first season was made on a shoestring yes. budget. Well, you say um, that. But that my next point about the theme song is, is that a helicopter they're flying over to get a shot of the house? Because where's that money coming from? Yeah, but all the TV stations used to own helicopters. We're yeah, talking, that's a great yeah, point. Yeah, they all used to have their news helicopters. It was very, there, a great There's point. a great scene in Prisoner. Oh, I know we're, we're going to have to- Can I come back and do Prisoner sure, yeah, as sure, well? Sure. Um, Prisoner's a great topic. Prisoner, sub-block H for anyone in the UK, Um has this great scene where someone uh, is escaping from the prison. This is the precursor to Wentworth for young people. Mm. and But they couldn't afford to hire a helicopter for this escape scene. So, it's the Channel 10 helicopter that they've just sort of stuck paper over the Channel 10 logo, but you can see it still through the paper and it's <laughs> it's so funny. And so, but, yeah, I guess they had access to, to use whatever they had. Yeah. yeah. Mm. God, even Channel 10 had a chopper. There you go. Yeah. Times were really yeah. different. Yeah, very. Imagine that. <laughs> I will look back over the ratings of the show mm. because I- uh, knew that it was pretty much an instant hit and mm. I had a look at the ratings and it, and it pretty much was. Like, it built constantly yeah. but people were watching it right from the start. Mm. Like, it debuted, I think, with one point... No, I'm not going to make a number. But... Uh, uh, when I went to Channel 7, so mm. it did three seasons on the ABC, mm. correct me if I'm wrong, then one one series on Channel 7. Yeah. Any idea why they only did one? Um, I, my understanding is that it flopped once it moved. I mean, they're wa- watching it now, the, the Channel 7 season is great. You've got different cameras all of a sudden, better lighting. Yes. Everyone always talks about Kim uh, Kath's perm. Yes, they could. They're like, they're oh, why is it Why is it different? And it's like, well, it's actually, be- it's a lot better. Like, it's yeah. an actual human hair wig all of a sudden yeah. instead of like a clear- curly clown yeah. wig. Yeah, so what happened? They did the three series on ABC with one wig mm. and then they obviously moved to seven and weren't able to keep the wig. No, true, yeah. And then, so her hair is improved, but yeah, but it is different. But it's different. Yeah. It did rate its tits off on seven, but it I'm did. not sure in the context of the time. Mm. So, the first episode was the highest rating episode of television, full stop. So, that in was Australia. amazing. In Australia. Still? Yeah. Wow. No, it was beaten by an episode of Underbelly <laughs> about uh, 10 years later. Oh, God, I love Australia. It was such a rich culture. <laughs> <laughs> 
We could do bogans and criminals. Oh, That's all we've got. Um, but I do think it dropped off significantly from there. But we're talking an average of over 2 million viewers. And no, I know uh, people listening might not be television ratings nerds like I am. No, I'm not at all. I don't know what that means. the highest rating television show of Currently. the year that wouldn't be sport this year would be doing oh, like 1.1. Yeah. But it's a different industry, isn't it? Like they had a lot. Less to we had a lot less to watch. Yeah, that's right. We had it was a four different stations. time. Do you think they made a shit ton of money off Capricorn? Because yes. I was thinking it was really the era of DVDs, which this was is big money. And this that's is what I always say. So and merch was everywhere. Everywhere. Anyone that was making a TV show in that the late nineties, early noughties, when we were buying DVDs, is rich now. It's sort of like anyone that was releasing music when CDs and records were. Yes, yes. So. Uh, Little Britain uh, and what was the other show reference? Oh, um, Chris, Chris Lilly and that sort of stuff. They made a fucking fortune off DVDs, especially because it went huge in the UK. Yeah. Cool. So when I, I moved to the UK when I was eighteen, however long that was ago, too long. Um, did you really? Yeah. So did I. Let's did you? At the same time. Oh. Um, we probably yeah. Uh, um, I'm. Moved there, and everyone was quoting. They're like, "Oh, you're Australian." Oh, and quoting Kath and Kim at me because it was huge over there. Um, partially, apparently, in thanks to uh, Kylie Minogue. Of course, um, they because credit- she appeared on it. You mean? Or? No, she was promoting the hell out over there before oh, she'd right. appeared on it, and that's how they found out I that she see. was a huge fan, Fantastic. and she got on it. Yeah. Um, uh, but I think yeah, because it was so big in the UK, it also sold infinite more DVDs and and um, you know um, streaming and. Uh, they got paid to do it all. Yeah, day. yeah. Yeah, I hope they made a fuck ton of money. I hope they made a fuck ton of money. They deserve to make a fuck ton of money yeah. from it, yeah. You hit on a couple of spin-offs there. We've got, there was a few TV movies. There was. Uh, then there was the real movie, cinema yes. release, theatrical release movie. How do, is that canon to you? How do you feel about the movie? The movie, um, I just hope they made a lot of money off it. Yeah. <laughs> I, Amen. I don't, yeah. Like, you know, I think they were probably like, here's a bunch of money. And they're like, let's go film something in Italy. Absolutely. Like, let's go have a little yeah, break. Yeah, yeah. Let's go have a little holiday. I was working at Fountain Gate that day when they had the premiere of the movie. Oh, yeah. They premiered it at Village Fountain Gate oh, and cool. talked about That's Hollywood so coming to town. That's, they were going up there, sorry. watching them come out of the Pink Hummer. I think Eric Banner was there. Oh, it was very yes. exciting for me yeah, at the yeah, time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah no, I, I, don't think, I don't think I consider the film canon. Not really. This is a big one, of course, but who is your favourite character? Oh, Kath. Kath? Yeah. Is it close? Yeah, it's really close. And it probably changes depending what mood I'm in between the three mm. women. But yeah, mm. I think Kath. And what's your favourite sort of Kath moment or storyline? Um, oh god the the Roots episode is so good that's the reason my partner and I are together we hooked really? up we hooked up at the Peel <laughs> at 4am yeah. went back to my place had some fun woke up in the morning and he was like oh, I should go and, I, and we got chatting and that sort of stuff and we started somehow he's British and I think we somehow got onto Kath and Kim and one of us quoted that episode and he's like oh my god that's the best episode so we sat in bed and he got back into bed and we sat there watching that episode on my laptop and then we ended up spending like two days just talking and Cute. having an amazing time. So if it wasn't for that episode. Um, there you go. A romance fortune, the fires yeah, of Kathy yeah. Kim. But it's less about storylines with Kathy's isn't it? Well, for me, it's more about the references and the yes. moments. Like she was the one who was really doing the... Uh, the relatable content. Putting it into it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. I love it, you know, dropping all the brands. Like, yes. Intimidated by her friend who's a fellow Hamilton nut. That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Which cameo is your favourite? 
Oh, it's Kylie, of course. You can't Kylie to play it was that was I think brilliant um, casting that, and she was great. She it? was great. I liked Rachel Griffiths playing Rachel herself. Griffiths. <laughs> Brilliant. Yeah, I'm going with Rachel Griffiths. Yeah. yeah, she was great. She was in the episode where they were going to the Melbourne Cup. That's right? right. Yeah, she was in the um, birdcage. Yeah. And um, <laughs> Kath. So, oh, that's a nice break. Rachel, did you get that from Ula La? You just spat it on me. <laughs> just turns around. Yeah, because they're just vomiting everywhere. Yeah. Um, I was going to ask favourite episode, but is that Roots? No, I don't know if it is Roots. I think it's going to be Gay. Yeah, of course. Gay yeah, is... Brilliant. Another classic is uh, another classic moment is uh, Kath and Kel uh, just living at the airport. Yes. That's oh God, favorite. there's so many. God, I say I've got to rewatch. It. I'm constantly rewatching it. Um, that airport episode is brilliant. Um, everyone that ever goes into um, the Qantas, like any friend that I know that goes into the Qantas business lounge at um, Tullamarine Airport, always does like posts a little Kath and Kim quote with their. <laughs> A little picture in their Qantas PJs <laughs> or something like that. Um, and just before we finish up, this is a big one. What's your favourite line? Uh, there's a line. Oh, it's in the Roots episode. There's a line uh, where, because in that episode, Kim's being quite racist and uh, has gotten onto this whole, like, there's too many people coming from overseas, you know, let's get a she's like, let's get a flag Australian flagpole up in the front yard mm. like everyone else. And uh, Kim's like uh, Kath's like, Oh, careful Kim, you're turning into a bit of a Nazi and Kim's like, Oh, I'm not a Nazi, you're the Nazi and she goes, Oh well, fashion Nazi, but that's about as far as it goes. And it's such a throwaway <laughs> line. But the fact that Kath feels the need to like she like she thinks that's on some spectrum of Nazism, yeah, yeah, but yeah. being a fashion Nazi is sort of up here. <laughs> and she's like, Well, I'm up here, but I'm not down there. I don't yeah. know. I'd, that one and also um don't pay for that, Kel. It wasn't very nice. <laughs> when yeah, they're yeah, yeah. having the little um cupper outside the cafe. Uh, she re- there's that she has a version of that line too where um, Kel's trying to force everyone to try his commemorative sausage. Oh yeah, oh, and yes. then when Kel's not looking, she says, "You don't have to eat." You don't have to. Eat. Yeah, that's right. Because he's, all- he's done the Donna Hay and she's done the. <laughs> I said, yeah, I know he's the done time. the Ian Hewitts and she's done the Donna Hay yeah. or something like yeah. that. Yeah. Now I want to talk about your play. So you you've written uh, your own adaptation, a drag adaptation. <laughs> Is that how you describe it? Yeah, it's a drag parody play uh, of uh, Kath and Kim. So mm-hmm. it's uh, it's set in lockdown. It's sort of a bottle episode of Kath and Kim mm-hmm. set in lockdown in uh, Kath's living room. Uh, so, Sharon's moved in because of her single bubble and uh, Kim's moved in because they haven't got enough streaming services at their um, <laughs> eggplant vestibule <laughs> and uh, she's been asked to work from home, although that happened before the um, pandemic started because her co-workers just didn't want her in the office. Um, I'm getting the impression this came quite easily to you. It came Was very it a struggle? Or? No, not at all. Quite right. scary how easily it fell so off. So, they say, write what you know. Exactly. And tell us who's, who's in it with you. So, I'm playing um, Kim. Um, Arts, the amazing Art Simone is playing Kath. Fantastic. Uh, we know she does that well. We, we do. Um, Art would be the first person to say that a lot of her inspiration comes from uh, Gina and Jane. Actually, um, a few years ago, somebody described Art Simone to me as having a Melbourne accent. And I said, what do you mean? And they said, no, it's like a Kath and Kim accent. Yeah. And I was like, it is too. It is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She does. Yeah. And I think that's a great thing. I think it's a beautiful thing. Do you know, actually, do you know, I had a day job years ago. Oh, I feel so bad about this. I had a day job years ago, and when I first started there, this I was standing at the counter. I was like twenty-two. I was standing at the counter, and this this other person came up. She's like, "Oh, you must be the new boy." <laughs> oh, 
get a look at you. <laughs> and I was like, oh, we're doing Kirth and Kim accents, are we? <laughs> so I'm like, I am. How are you? I'm great. Oh, I'm just loving being here, working here, you know, just going down to Manchester. And we had this back and forth conversation for like 15 minutes. And then she left the counter and the person sitting next to me was like, that is so rude. And I was like, what? And she's like, you you making fun of her accent like that. I was like, oh my no. God, I thought she was doing true and true. And I just spoke to the, And then I had to just, every time I spoke to her, put that voice back on because I didn't know what to do. That's such a gay instinct oh, to not God. think this woman's got a weird voice. But you think, oh, we're doing a bit. We're doing a bit. <laughs> and I'm This all person in. I've never met before has just come up to me to do. Oh, oh, that makes me cringe every time I think about it. Hey, where can people find out more about the play? Oh, yeah. So, it's uh, you can jump on uh, the socials. It's called Fountain Lakes in Lockdown, a drag parody play. I didn't tell you the rest of the cast. No, please Sorry, I'm just going to keep taking up your yeah, time. Yeah. Um, so, we've also got the amazing Lisa Mann, uh, club icon, playing Sharon Streslecki, and uh, a few other characters as well. Oh, Brett's mum makes an appearance. She oh, also great. plays the COVID-19 virus at one point. Oh, oh she um, sounds very versatile. Yeah. And then the uh, brilliant Scott Brennan, uh, who uh, you'll know from Comedy Inc. and yes. Skid House a and Neighbours, and just a very talented and amazing uh, comedian, uh, who's playing all the male characters, including Meryl <laughs> Streep. <laughs> Who's playing all the Oh, the characters. hours. That's probably one of my favourite episodes. Oh, that's very good. He's playing, uh, yeah, Brett and uh, and Cal, but also Meryl Streep. Um, He's playing Brett and Cal. Yeah. Gee, that's a yeah. big kick. Mm, yeah. Um, but yes, you can find out more about uh, the show, which is called Fountain Lakes in Lockdown, a drag parody play uh, on socials, uh, on Insta and Facebook, or you can go to the alextheatre.com.au uh, to uh, buy tickets. Stunning. And do you think you'll invite the uh, ladies? They are. They are very. This is an open invitation to them if they're listening. Uh, they are welcome any night Fantastic. that they would like to come Fantastic. along. Fantastic! Oh, thank you so much for doing this. I Thanks really so much appreciate for having it. Me. It's very fun to talk about my favourite things. That's right. It's, it's an easy job, really. Isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> thank you. No worries.